Oh yeah, coming up? coming live from the from the whip. That's right, dude. I like it. It's his front dashboard. Dash, right, it's a dashboard confessional. Are we rolling? Are we rolling yet? Yeah. All right. Gotcha. First of all, I have to tell you about this dream that I had the other night. A dream? I had a dream. Okay. I was having dinner with Rich Cho and Michael Jordan. You heard of these guys? I'm familiar. And I had to talk them out of a trade for Kevin Garnett. They were dead set on trading Nick Batum for like present day Kevin Garnett. And I was like, guys, he's on television. He's not he's not even in the league anymore. Like we we don't need to do this. And they and they were bullying they, the funny thing was they were like bullying me about it. They were like teasing That's me about it. They're like, listen, we're we're trading for Garnett. What do you want? Accept it. You may have a few more, you know, a few more years. What does that what know. does that dream mean? I'm like, you know, I'm I'm totally I'm into Lynch now, you know? So Lynch is all about I was gonna say <laughs> I was going to say, were you talking backwards or in slow? What yeah. is that? Is, that, is, yeah. it, is it called backwards or is it just like reverse? Well, what, what it is, uh, is on Twin Peaks when they go into the red room and right. it sounds like they're talking backwards, but it's, well, the, the actors are talking backwards on set and, and then, then it's, yeah, they record it that way and then it's flipped. And that's what gives it that weird sound. So yeah, Rich Cho in the dream was like, let's rock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. And I was like, no, don't do it. You're going to ruin the team. You um, stared at him for a long time. Longingly into his eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you ready to talk Hornets? Let's do it. This is Scott from Rockwell, and you are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. We're testing out some uh, video. Uh, we're in beta right now with video, trying to use this summer uh, to get ready for the season, uh, hanging up some new curtains. I have like beige and red curtains behind me, David. doesn't really go with the theme of the show, so we're going to try it's, some new curtains out. It's very you- like first- Eight, 1980s era Hornets. It's kind of a throwback. <laughs> What's the wine and gold? It looks like uh, yeah. this is a Cavaliers, uh, half Cavaliers podcast, half Locked on Hornets. Hey, big thanks to Scott, uh, who helped out with the intro on this episode. We've been uh, uh, giving our great patrons over at patreon.com a chance to lend their voice to the intro that you hear every show. And uh, we've had Scott, we've had Dwayne, we've had Elena. And we've got a few more coming up. So uh, if you haven't signed up for Patreon, it's a way that you can support the show that you love. Keep us going. Help keep the lights on. Patreon.com forward slash LOH. You get access to content before anyone else. And there's a surprise coming up tomorrow. I'm not going to say what it is, but if you sign up for Patreon today, you're going to be one of the first ones to see it and hear it. It's a big deal for the show. Uh, check it out and uh, stay tuned to our Twitter at Locked On Hornets 
where you can find out more information. Okay, let's talk about this show, though. I'm Doug Branson. I'm joined by my good friend from, uh, from the whip, from his car in Cotswold, David Walker. That's right. If you drive uh, behind a certain breakfast restaurant, you may see a live podcast taking place of a gentleman <laughs> sitting in his car. You may see some other things, but don't. Actually, don't go looking in cars. I take that back. That's a don't, bad idea. That's a generally, no. yeah, it's a generally bad advice, David. All right. Uh, okay. We're going to talk about, well, first I want to talk about Julian Stone, a guy that we've okay. mentioned. We mentioned him last show. He's been coming up in some news reports around the Charlotte Hornets. We're going to talk about him in just a second. We're also going to talk about expectations. This is a topic that I heard from our friends over at Locked On Magic. They talked about, you know, what's... What are fair expectations for the Orlando Magic? And I thought, hey, that's a great question to start to examine right now. What are fair expectations for this team now that most of their big offseason maneuvers are complete? So we'll talk about that. And plus, we've got another episode of Do This, where we give you some suggestions to basically get through this summer period. I mean, you've got football now. The Carolina Panthers are back. David, did you watch that game? I did watch some of it. You know, preseason is some what it. it is, but yeah. some, well, some, only there were only some people at the game. I saw the pictures of the you know, Wednesday preseason games. What's going on with that? Yeah, they even lucked out with the weather. I think, but you know, it's it's Wednesday preseason game. It's uh, it is what it is, man. All right, so three more of them. There's three more of those things. All right. Well, we will. Uh, so. We're going to do an episode to do this. Basically, we give you some suggestions about how to get through the summer doldrums and into uh, the off the preseason. Uh, so first, though, I want to talk about Julian Stone. We talked about him on Tuesday. The Hornets have interest in six uh, six point guard Julian Stone. He played college ball at UTEP, left there in 2011. He's had some attempts at making a few NBA teams, played in the G League, and recently he signed an overseas deal with an Italian league team. It's that contract with that Italian league team that is keeping him from reportedly signing a deal with the Charlotte Hornets. It's been reported by the Charlotte Observer and others. It appears the Hornets are still trying to work out some kind of arrangement, some kind of deal that would bring Julian Stone to Charlotte, and they're dealing with his Italian league team, Rayer Venezia. On Tuesday, we wondered aloud, David, why the Hornets would be looking at Julian Stone for their third point guard position. And I think our wonderings, our musings, sort of revolved around this idea that he doesn't have a ton of NBA experience. And it seemed like that was something they were going to look at with that third point guard position. Yeah, I mean, that's what you kind of assumed. But the the options were so limited and have been for quite some time for them, especially when you get down to the third point guard. Um, that, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we were looking at. So this is a a curious case here, Doug, but have you seen some stuff that they may have liked? So, yeah, I I went back and I looked at some tape. I watched a couple of his finals games that he played, uh, last season for that Italian league team and, and some of his uh, G league highlights. Uh, I've had a few days to check them out and, while I still find it odd that they'd be pursuing someone with this little NBA run for the third point guard position, I do somewhat understand the attraction to Julian Stone. And I've got a couple of reasons why. Would you like to hear them, David? Please. First, he has a great physical profile for the point guard position. He's 6'6". He's got a long 6'10 wingspan, 
206 pounds. That's going to match up well side-by-side with Kemba Walker. He's a big guy, but he can still get down into a stance and bother some of those smaller, quicker guards that he had to face, guys like Aaron Kraft that I saw him face in that Italian League Finals game. Uh, I watched him hang with him and, and do well. So uh, I I did say that if the Hornets go after a third point guard, it should be one that can replace what they want Michael Carter-Williams to bring, not mm-hmm. what they want Kimball Walker to bring. And the reason that I said that is because if Kimball Walker is injured, there, there's really no replacing that. And there's and I don't think that this team could sustain a, a long drawn out Kimball Walker absence. David, no, do you disagree no, no, with that? Yeah, no, that's been the case for quite some time. And regardless of who they signed, even at the two at, at the at the backup point guard, that's probably going to be the case. So, I mean, that makes sense. It's it's still. I think you're right with the stature and the height and the and the build. Um, they might as well add a different look, you know, or or a different look from Kemba, like you were saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Cleveland, the Cleveland Cavaliers, can experiment with the small forward position because there's no replacing LeBron James. Uh, Boston, yeah. <clears throat> I think, can experiment with the point guard position because I don't think they could replace what Isaiah Thomas brings to that team. Washington, John Wall, same way. So yeah. you can experiment yeah. I, with a position that you really can't replace the starter, and and, and so I, I that that's why f- there's one reason why I I'm okay with them okay. doing this. Uh, the second reason is I saw a guy that can handle the ball well, isn't afraid to attack quicker guards off the dribble, and uses size and length to finish at the rim or drop it off to a secondary cutter. Which brings me to the third and most important thing that I saw in, in this mini tape study that I did on Julian Stone. This guy can pass. He was one of the top assist men in the G League last season, averaging just a tick under nine assists per game. He sees cuts develop early, so important, and he delivers quick, crisp passes and tight windows. He loves to pass off the dribble, and he can use his size to back down smaller guards. Did this a lot in, in Italy and spin to the baseline and either execute that hammer play where you where you drop it off to the corner or zip it to the corner, or if somebody's cutting into the lane, he can get right under the basket and drop it off to them. He's just he has great. This is a word that's getting a, a little overused, maybe, but court vision. But he really does. I mean, he sees so much of the court at one time, and he he anticipates guys moving. Like he can see those small movements that guys make and go, okay, I know what he's doing. And bottom line, uh, for me, oh, one other thing. He's got a package of hashtag fancy passes, including a behind-the-head pass he'd like to pull out in G League play in 2016. Now, I'm not sure that goes over well with Steve Clifford if it results in a turnover, but it shows, David, that he has confidence in his passing ability, and he should. I mean, again, he almost averaged nine assists in the G League last season. He averaged more assists than he did points. So so if if you're talking about looking for a third point guard that may be a reaction to what Briante Weber could not bring, I think Julian Stone is that. He's a guy that can bring an ability to run an offense, to distribute, to create for others. And I think he gives enough effort on defense and he has again, he has that physical profile that would make him an intimidating presence on the court. Do you think it's intentional that the guys that are looking to back up Kemba are, are not being asked to be scorers 
first option scores. You know what I mean? And they're not mm-hmm. looking for Michael Carter Williams to be scores. I, I mean, once you get down to your third point guard, I think you're just kind of, you know, as we're discussing right now, looking for the best combination of, of, um, of, uh, of skills, but they're not asking him to come in and be a scorer. And they'll have Malik Monk, who we, we, we always bring up in these conversations that they may take a look at who will be asked to be a scorer if they decide to, you know, put him on the ball at all. He'll be able to score some, you would think. But do you think there is any intentional planning around, hey, let's just get a guy who can distribute and don't worry about scoring? Well, exactly, because I think they're going just like last season, they hoped to look to guys like Marco Bellinelli and Jeremy Lamb to provide that extra scoring punch. This season, it's going to be Lamb and Malik Monk. Yeah, because I mean, Lynn, you know, you go back to the most successful backup Kimba's probably had was, you know, Jeremy Lynn, and he was more of a scoring point guard, and they played them together a lot. Right, exactly. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you're, I think you're going to see some, I think they're going to depend on, Guys like Michael Carter Williams, or if if MCW gets hurt and they're able to sign a Julian Stone, then a guy like Julian Stone to come in and just provide passing and defense. I mean, those are the things they're going to look for for the from those two type of guys. Bottom line, just like there were reasons that Briante Weber struggled to get burned in the league, there are reasons that Julian Stone bounced between NBA training camps to G League teams to Turkey and to Italy. Like there, there are reasons that that happens. It's not, I mean, this guy is, he hasn't been hidden. You know, he's tried out for NBA teams. He's had scouts looking at him since before 2011 when he was at UTEP and then after. Uh, But at the same time, I think David, because we had not seen a ton of tape on Julian Stone, he had not crossed our paths before that. I think we undersold a few of his talents. And I, I, again, when I watch the tape, I can see like, Oh man, a 6'6 guy that's over 200 pounds, but doesn't look like he just looks strong and big, but that is that confident handling the ball and that confident passing the ball. And his three-point shooting has improved. It's not there. It's not anywhere where it's going to be a threat in the NBA, but it has improved. And if it continues to improve and he becomes, you know, if he can become a 3D and passing guard, you know, they, these guys, you got to take risks, David. I mean, you know, Miami Heat, they did it all the time. Yeah. That's what they and found, you know, to guys like Tyler Johnson. I mean, you know, you, yeah. sometimes you have to take risk on guys. They took a risk on Briante Weber. It it didn't quite work out the way they wanted it to. But, you know, maybe if they're able to sign Julian Stone, it works out. And they find that diamond in the rough. And if you're going to experiment, why not experiment with a third point guard position? Yeah. And again, I think Clifford has for many years been trying to, uh, you know, get some more height in that backcourt uh, for years. It was just Kemba and a combination of smaller guys. So putting a six six guy back there and give him a chance. I mean, that makes sense from that standpoint. So, David, Vegas has the Hornets just above 500 fighting for a final spot in the East. ESPN's Kevin Pelton has the Hornets fifth in the Eastern Conference above Toronto. That surprised me. And yep. it has me thinking, what are fair expectations for this team in 2017 for fans? Listeners that are listening right now, David, what do you think is a fair expectation for this team's performance this season? I mean, it sounds crazy to go down this road again, but I still think it's that six through eight slot in, in the East. I mean, to be honest with you, erring on the high side of that, so, so closer to six, um, 
that Pelton projection was a little surprising to me too because of just of the success Toronto's had and getting Kyle Lowry back. But I, I just think with the addition of Dwight Howard, there's still some questions around that, how that's going to fit, you know, how Malik Monk's going to fit in there. Can Kemba, you know, keep his uh, progression up, his his uptick going in that direction? Can he can he come back from another, you know, knee surgery? Um, I think that six through eight is a reasonable expectation. I, I certainly expect them, they should be in the playoffs. Um, but I think expectations should be around that. I, I just think slotting this team in the top four is aiming, you know, a, not unrealistic, but I, I think you have more chance to be disappointed if you're looking for a guaranteed home court advantage in the playoffs. Yeah, David, I think it's more than fair to expect this team to make the playoffs. They got they, there two have, seasons I mean, yeah. ago with less they talent. Yeah. They, they, no, is, it's not even it's not even an expectation. They absolutely, I think, have for for a couple of guys on this team and and then maybe even uh, some people in the front office. It's it's almost a must that they make the playoffs, that they get this team back into postseason play. So I think that's more than a fair expectation. Uh, six through eight, yeah, absolutely. I, I think you should you know expect them uh, to be on the high side of that, to be a six or a five. But I think the goal still remains for this team to be in that, third or fourth seed and have home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. I mean, just because they slipped and fell last season doesn't mean that the goal has changed. I think the goal still has to be that home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs because that gives you the best advantage of winning a playoff series. And that right now is the, the short term immediate goal for this team is to win a playoff series. And that's realistic. I mean, I think that four again is on the high side, uh, but that but it's realistic. I mean, especially in this East, that's what you said. They have to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like that is a no brainer because the East is so weak, and you had um, probably three teams that were in there last year that are not going to be there this year. But I mean, you look at and and the projections for some of these other teams are 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 eyebrow raising to say the least because they're almost the same as the Hornets. I mean, we're some of these people have the Sixers around like forty wins, right? Like. Um, and I think they're, the Hornets are around the same win total as Detroit. There's like three teams in there that Vegas had at like 40 and a half. I think it was the Hornets, Detroit, and I'm forgetting the other one. But 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 they had them around that, you know, eight and, seed. And the the tough part about this, about expectations or, or where you think the Hornets are going to finish, is that even more than last offseason, there are so many questions surrounding this team, which is is probably to be expected somewhat after a season where the team missed the playoffs. You know, there's obviously going to be question marks around a lot of things. Uh, you know, why did it go wrong? Now, now the one question that I had about them last offseason was, was a huge question. It was the one that I really had. Where would the bench play come from? And, and that question plagued them all last season. But I have minor questions about nearly every player on this roster. So like last offseason, it was one major question about a group of players. This season, I have minor questions about nearly every player on this roster. For Kimba Walker, can he follow up on his all-star season or will he join a list of all-star one-hit wonders? For Nick Batum, can he prove this season that he can be an efficient offensive player that he was in his best years in Portland while 
taking on the higher usage that he's seen in Charlotte. For MKG, he says he felt like a rookie last season. He's coming off, you know, after coming off that major injury. He plays 81 games, but it didn't look like he was completely himself. Might have been a little careful with that shoulder. Can he get back that MKG swagger that that we've seen for so many years? For guys like Marvin Williams, Jeremy Lamb, and Frank Kaminsky, can they begin this season with the same high level of play they showed post-All-Star break last season? Can it carry over? David, you mentioned, the, you mentioned the questions with Dwight Howard. Is Steve Clifford truly the Dwight Howard whisperer? Can he get out of Dwight Howard what other teams have failed to get out of him? Can, can he physically hold up? Right. So, well, and two things, you, two things you mentioned there, Doug, that I, I just wanted to say that to fans out there, you know, as you're looking at these projections come down expectations from like national prognosticators, I wouldn't expect to see a ton of them having the Hornets in that top four, just personally from, from little bits of tidbits that have come out right now with sure. people talking about the season and stuff. I still think the national, um, you know, the national opinion is going to be one of, uh, we'll wait and see. A lot of that has to just do with the Hornets themselves. A lot of that has to do with the addition of of Dwight. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, every year there's people that want to um, uh, jump on a team because there's something new and fresh. And I think the Sixers are getting a little bit of that love this year, like you saw that with the Wolves a little bit last year. But I think when you add that all together, you're going to see more times than not, the Hornets are still landing in that six to eight range um, towards the end of the playoffs. But that's, I mean, that's okay. The other thing I wanted to mention there that you brought up was MKG. And that's something I don't hear a lot of people talking about. Um, we've heard people close to the team get excited because I, we don't think he was fully healthy last year. He came back, right? And I think he will be as close to 100% as MKG can be. I mean, he should be 100% this year and healthy, right? I thought he was 100% I thought he was hundred percent healthy last season. 100% I just healthy don't. I just don't think playing he, with confidence. It's that... Yeah, exactly. Playing with confidence. It's that sort of the the Days of Thunder storyline. Like you're back on mm-hmm. the track, but you know, in your mind you still got that wreck playing over and over and so you're being careful and you're not yeah. you're not racing like you should race. And I, and you know, got to got to love bringing up racing in <laughs> in a, a podcast about a North That's Carolina. That's how we get team. them interested. That's how we get them interested. But um, I just think MKG has has it has uh, I'm excited to see what he can bring this year because I, I still think he was a little dinged up whether it's physically or or just uh, you know, in the way he was playing last year. Not that he wasn't getting 100, percent but I just think that injury, those back-to-back injuries, man. I mean, that, that that takes a toll, and it takes a long time to come back from that. Hey, is this a fair expectation that the Hornets win more close games than they lose? They couldn't. They couldn't win a close game last season. They were they were over in overtime games last season. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they they you know to, to I think a fair expectation for this team is that they learn from that experience and, 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 and develop a, a toughness. And it's part of the reason why they brought Dwight Howard in because he has, you know, a toughness a physicality on the court that, that they're looking for, uh, you know, closing out games, closing fourth quarter leads. That has to be not a goal. That has to be an expectation because a goal is something you, that's the thing. A goal is something that, yo, it'd be nice. Like, yeah, that's what we're trying to achieve. An expectation is, no, we have to achieve that. So I think that has to be an expectation. One guy we haven't mentioned yet, David, Malik Monk. 
Big questions mm-hmm. around Malik. Can he handle the ball and initiate offense? We've gotten hints from head coach Steve Clifford that he will be asked to do just that in small stretches, I imagine. He did participate in Chris Paul's camp in Winston-Salem alongside Alfred Payton and Donovan Mitchell, a couple of guys that are going to look to handle the ball this season. Because of his size, it might be critical, because of his smaller size, it might be critical that he develop those skills in order to justify early playing time. So that's yeah, a big question. I mean, yeah, for sure. Um, another question with Monk, can he be that shot maker, you know, that he was in college and that the Hornets have been needing and lacking for the last couple of years? I mean, initially, I think that's what they'll look for him to do, but can he be like the other guy? Because you mentioned those close game scenarios. I mean, so often other teams know exactly who's going to get the ball, who they're going to key on, right? It's going to be Kimba nine times out of ten. And uh, with them trying to get the ball out of his hand or making it extra difficult on him, it'll help to have a guy in Malik Monk that is, one, certainly not afraid, um, and two, has the ability to hit that shot. So that's something else I'm looking for for him. Man, you just – we kind of forget about Malik, right? Like no summer league, not a lot of talk. Um, So that's going to be something I'm looking forward to seeing here once training game gets going. Like can they mix him in – backing up and playing with Kemba. I mean, it's going to be one of the bigger questions uh, for this team. And Panthers fans got a a first look at, at Christian McCaffrey in in actual action. You know I, know, I know hardcore Panthers fans have been paying attention to his every move in, in training right. camp, but right. in Wofford, but they got a chance to see him in competition. And, and I got a chance too. And my God, he's so fast. And he his impact was immediate. Like his first carry was for a first down. Like this guy, he just plays unafraid, and and he just has so many uh, physical tools that that make him devastating on the field. And I think if you're a Hornets fan, you have to wonder: Does Malik Monk have that same kind of thing where he's going to come in and immediately start knocking down shots that Hornets fans aren't used to seeing players hit? Right. I think, I mean, he's got that ability. Look at his highlight tape. Look at some of the shots he hit, even in the NCAA tournament, man. I mean, he's got whatever it is, whatever that gene is, where you're not afraid, no matter where you are, when you cross half court. Um, I'm not going to mention Steph Curry's name, but that he, you know, he's got it. So, um, what if, what yeah, if this season sure. you did that, that Charlotte fans have a Monk and a McCaffrey doing amazing things as rookies. I think that would be, there's some, there's some advertising pot, some M&M. There's some advertising possibilities there. If both well, of these young men can make an impact, that's a free commercial. Did you see his first commercial last night? They, they didn't even let him speak. Who's first commercial. McCaffrey's on the CPI commercial with Luke Keekley and Keekley's baking cookies. And he kicks him over to McCaffrey's house. And he opens the door and they just show McCaffrey. They don't give me any lines. They just, <laughs> say rookie. He just, no lines for you the, yet. He, he, he just smiles at the cookies. You got <laughs> McCaffrey's like, I don't, I can't say anything. No, just smile at the cookies. Listen, kid. Just smile at the cookies. We've been doing these CPI commercials for a long time. I think we don't know. Blow it. Do not blow it, rookie. <laughs> just smile at the cookie. Don't blow it, or Ron Rivera is going to come in here with a golf club. <laughs> Felix Sabatis will be driving him over. <laughs> I don't know much about sport. Um, we still have a few months before we have preseason basketball to watch until then you need stuff to do. And that's why we've created this segment called do this, David, what are we doing this weekend? 
So, Doug, I've been able to get out to the movie theater. They still show movies in theaters, not just on your streaming device, Doug. I don't know if you've heard about these movie theaters. I don't believe it. It's true. Did you see Dunkirk? Well, I'm just let me sorry. Let me get to it. Let sorry. me get to it, Doug. I've got three options for you. And and keep in mind, I am a man with two children and a wife. Um, so if I'm behind the times on these movies a little bit, forgive me. But they are still in the theaters, so they're so they're fairly current. Uh, number one, Doug, if you just want a, a summer blockbuster, if you just want to crunch on your popcorn and pop your milk duds, go see War of Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah, I'm a planet. I, I like Planet of the Apes movies. Um, this one is good. It may be the best of the batch. That's an enjoyable watch. What they do with the special effects is one thing, but um, the story and, and Woody Harrelson is good. That's a good movie. That's oh, you just got me. You just have me, Woody. Stuff. Yeah, I'm in. Woody's good. Oh, yeah. Uh, number two, if you want the cool movie, Doug, if you want to be with the cool kids. Cool stuff, neat stuff. Your, yeah, if you want to get on your on your blog post and uh, and hashtag some cool things, go see baby. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag cool things. Go see uh, Baby Driver. Baby Driver is the cool guy movie of the summer. Uh, it's a fun watch. That's a, that's a fun watch in the theater. A lot of star power in that one. Um, What's it? I haven't heard of this. It's a it's a it's a getaway. It's a heist type movie. So, um, but you've got it, Kevin Spacey. It's not like Jamie Boss Fox. Baby, where the like it's an actual baby. This is like a no, 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 no. It's a it's a Baby Driver. So um, there's it's a group that uh, does some various heists. Oh, I and, see. And uh, about the driver that uh, chariots them around. So that's a fun watch, though. And there's a lot of music in that one, Doug. You'll like that one. A lot of musical numbers. It's not a musical. Now, that's, see, uh, now a heist movie with Kevin Spacey that's a musical. Now I could get into that. Yeah, you'd like it. I think you'll like it. It's, it's a fun movie. And last but not least, you mentioned it, Doug. Dunkirk. Now do this. Do this. Go see this if you can. In an IMAX theater. I tried to find the 70 millimeter IMAX version. It's tough to find here in Charlotte. There was only one IMAX theater that I could even find a playing at recently. Uh, but man, you saw this too, Doug. You, you I went to see this. it at Discovery Place here in okay. Charlotte, and it's it's in their planetarium. So it's like a curved yeah. screen, which can throw people off, but it's yeah. it's absolutely enormous. And the it was sound. in 70 millimeter and, and oh. the sound is, you know, I mean, imagine you've gone to a planetarium, you know, where they're like, and this was when the universe was created, created, created. Right. Like it's that same kind of like booming sound. The, the aerial scenes in Dunkirk on this curved, uh, huge screen where you have, I mean, you, it's a screen so big that you can't really, you can't really digest it all at one time. You there there are areas of the screen that you're going to move to with your eyes and, and find different things to look at. Um, the aerial scenes were were amazing. Now the problem Whoa. with with the Discovery Place screen comes when there's like when the camera shakes when there's when people are running and they want to give that documentary type feel. Then uh, for for those that may have a little bit of a, a vertigo or weak stomach, um, I don't. But at the same time, it still affected me a little bit, and I had to sort of look down at times to kind of reorient myself. Um, right. But yeah, I mean, go yeah, go see it on the biggest, loudest screen to, yeah. because it is an amazing one. film. That's one of those that definitely needs to be seen in the theaters, if at all possible. I mean, Christopher Nolan drops you right in there you are you are as close as you can be to being like right there on the beach i mean the audio is unbelievable 
and it's under two hours. I mean, I think all these recommendations are actually under two hours, which is nice. But uh, Dunkirk, especially, man, that thing is unbelievable. And seeing it on the big screen uh, is definitely the way to go. So those are my suggestions. All right. Here are my quick tips. Uh, do this down. If you're in Charlotte and you plan to ride the blue line ever, download the Cats Pass app. Uh, they just came out with this. It's a way to buy your tickets on on the, on an app. And it has saved me. I, I take it to and from work about two or three times a week. And it saved me from missing three trains already. Because if you've ever had to deal with the machines, the, the actual physical machines to get tickets, they are, uh, if, if they're not broken, if they're not completely down, they are, they are a frustrating experience. Mm-hmm. So, and they've caused me to miss many a train. So download the Cats Pass app. It's so easy. You like enter your credit card information. It stores it and you're like, bing, bang, boom. And you've got your ticket. Like I get on the train and as the as the like guy who checks is walking towards me, I'm like, beep, boop, 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 beep, boop, boop. And I'm like, bam, got my ticket. I'm legal. It's awesome. Uh, also, if you're into podcast, I mean, you're listening to this one. So, <laughs> you know, hopefully you are. I hope you still are. Well, but maybe are. people only listen to this one. They haven't broadened their horizons into what podcast can offer. Well, let me give you, friends, a, a recommendation. LeVar Burton Reads. This is essentially adult reading rainbow. So as a kid, if you grew up on LeVar Burton and uh, reading rainbow, definitely check this out. LeVar Burton basically picks a short story that he loves and reads it to you. And before and after, he gives a little commentary about why he picked the story and then what the story, what he thinks, uh, some of the meaning that that is derived from the story. But it's an excellent podcast. And, you know, LeVar gets really close to the mic and he's like talking like this. And, and it's just amazing. Hey. I mean, what what more is there to love than hey, Le- no LeVar joke. Burton reading? No joke. Did you see this this morning? I think he's in a little hot water for using reading rainbow, the term reading rainbow in this podcast. <laughs> I don't Wait, what? Signed off on. Yeah. Well, he's doing, I, I thought he was doing, he's, he's like working to develop a reading rainbow app. Yeah, I don't know. But I, it's not, I, I'll find it if I can tweet it out. I mean, I don't think he, well, he said it a, in the first episode. He was like, you know, people ask me all the time, do a reading rainbow, do an adult reading rainbow. And he's like, okay, so I decided to do this instead. But he doesn't say, yeah. he's not like, I'm LeVar Burton of reading rainbow fame. All right, here's a story. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not like know. an every episode. Forward me this link. I will defend, not, I will defend LeVar Burton to the death. It's not reading rainbow proper, and I think they may have some issues with the branding. I'll, I'll tweet at you. I'll hashtag it to you. Yeah, but they don't. Again, it's LeVar no. Burton Reed. They're not like. Hey, Doug, Doug, don't. Hey, I'm just saying. <sighs> I'm all for it. I'm a big fan of LeVar. Uh, butterfly in the sky. Butterfly in the sky. But I'm just saying. They have a little mess <laughs> issues. It's an up. But... Okay, that'll do it for us. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, Give us a five-star review. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again uh, for Patreon. We may be back tomorrow with something pretty big. And for the rest of you, we are going to be back next week with much more Hornets talk. For David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow. A reading rainbow.